1: And a pleasant good evening, or no good evening, good afternoon <laughs> to everyone out there in Irish Breakdown land. I am Vince D'Addario, and I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. That guy right there is Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And you know, we are uh, we had a little draft today, <laughs> uh, Brian. It was kind of fun, uh, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. And we, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, and um how it, it adds a little bit of excitement to the blue gold game i think i think it it, it gives a little ownership to the kids and they talked about that you know in their post game uh, little talk there uh when cam hart and houston griffith they're kind of the captains of the team and they got a chance to talk to the media adds a little ownership so it's kind of fun but we also got a bit of uh unexpected news and the uh the headliner who is not going to be participating in the game is of course quarterback tyler buckner so takes a little air out of the sails of this game just a little bit
2: yeah i mean it it does look i mean a lot of the talk of the spring is the quarterback battle right and who's going to be the quarterback and not that the blue gold game is going to have any say of that but that's kind of i mean we've gotten so little access to the team this spring and fans have gotten so little access and in fact less than us because at least you, you know as the media has been able to see parts of several practices they've only seen the three minutes of video that we've been able to show from that right and then like a little scrimmage thing that was like 30 seconds long and showed like four plays you couldn't even really see what was happening you didn't know who was throwing most of the passes so it's been super unfortunate that Notre Dame made the decision to just cut fans out of the first spring for Marcus Freeman's tenure but whatever uh they don't care what we think anyway so uh it, it is unfortunate and so this was our chance to kind of get to see Tyler Buckner in action and now we're not going to a big picture, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's it's right. unfortunate because I think any all reps are good for him at this point in time. Right. Uh, the good news is, is it was not a football related injury and it was not a major injury. It was a sprained ankle because he stepped on a step wrong. And if it was if this was a week ago, he'd
1: probably be playing in the game. You know what sure. I mean? It just sure it happened a day well, ago. You, and... you
2: saw him, Vince. I mean, you, you know, he had a, a brace on his ankle. I mean, he right. was limping around. I mean, you you you've seen kids with freshly sprained ankles. How did you think he was? Oh, he was moving around. Even though he had a
1: brace on, he was limping really good. I mean, it was mm-hmm. um he was not walking very well. So there there is no chance, even if he ends up being the backup quarterback, okay. There, but there's no chance I'm letting him play in the game to, uh, on Saturday. Oh, that's
2: not what I was referring oh, to. Yeah. I just was curious as the oh, severity of severity. I mean, it's a spring game. I, there'd it's, be, you'd be stupid to tape him up and let him play. I just listen, meant, you know, just okay, got moving you. around, Look, that kind of thing.
1: It's 8 a.m. The, the night following, right? Anybody knows that when you injure yourself in any way, shape, or form, especially if it's in the evening, then you go to bed and you get up, it hurts in the morning. Like mm-hmm. it is stiff and it hurts. And it was eight o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean. And they just came off of a workout. Obviously, he probably did not participate in that workout that morning workout. But I'm sure it was sore, and I'm sure, and it and it showed. I mean, we mm-hmm. um, we saw him walking away from uh, or walking in and then walking out, and he a noticeable limp, and he was feeling it. Now he was in great spirits, joking around with the guys and stuff like that. But um, yeah, he he was feeling it today. There's no question about. It. The first day is always the worst in my opinion, and in my experience when it comes to sprained ankles and, you know, boo-boos like that. And I, I would classify this as a boo-boo, you know. He, he sprained right. his ankle going down the stairs, you know. Um, it, it was He was clearly in pain, even with the brace on.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: My wife likes to think of herself as a coffee expert, so when we decided to give trade coffees a try, she was excited to see what they had to offer, and we were not disappointed. After figuring out a short quiz that matches you with just the right coffee, we received the Holmes blend from Sparrows Coffee in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Nostalgia Series blend that she received from Sparrows Coffee made an immediate impression as soon as she opened the box, and once she brewed the Holmes blend the next morning, she was able to enjoy a rich, smooth cup of coffee with a very robust flavor. My wife is quite picky about her coffees, but you can be sure that she'll once again be buying from Sparrows Coffee and we'll be going back to Trade Coffee for another shot at getting a tasty blend from a regional company. You have to give Trade's Coffee a try. Trade's Coffee team actually tastes thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. What we learned is that Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to substantially source the greatest beans from around the world. Trade's Coffee's experts personally taste over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. Just answer a couple of questions and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as soon as you like. No gimmicks. Trade delivers a fresh bag of roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew it at home. And they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee. And right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part, Vince, is, you know, again, you want to see him play, right? Absolutely. That's, That's the bummer. You want to see him play. You want to see him get a chance to go out and compete and you know just get in front of a crowd and all that the, the 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 reason at the end of the day the reason i'm not too worried about it as i mentioned before is it's a spring game i mean we just got done talking yesterday about guys spring games don't really matter so i mean that part of it is you know it is what it is but it, you know like i said I, I like the reps i think the reps are always important i like i think that part of it is is good but i i would much rather if it is a an injury because you know sometimes those injuries can linger and you know last a couple weeks and sure you know it if, if there is, there's, you know, getting injured is never a good thing, but if you're going to get an injury, the timing wasn't bad because he's just going to miss like a final practice walk through but, practice in this, the game, yeah, you know? And, and he got all the important reps leading up to this point absolutely. Is, is kind of the important part of what I am saying. And it was interesting because there was like rumors last night that some student on another site said that he was walking around in crutches and all that. And I reached out to a bunch of people like he was a practice today. You know, he was at the last practice and he was working out this morning. So uh, it was strange right and and so that's why we didn't comment on it because it was like well okay everybody around the team doesn't know what's going on so I buy the whole it wasn't football related <laughs> right you know I making but can I yeah. can I address some of the some of the people in the chat
1: I don't buy it he need, you know this he doesn't want to show his hand and blah 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 no. He's shown his I mean that's like, like come on guys give, give, first of all give me a break on that they're not trying right. to hide Tyler Buckner from anybody okay number one number two uh and people there say well he needs game experience this is this not a game. game experience. This is a practice. And he's had 13 or 14 of those leading up to Saturday. So right. look, if this was, if he was having an actual game on Saturday, if there was an actual game being played, if this was, I, if this I don't, happened, don't
2: understand why some people find this hard to believe. I mean, like, I'm saying exactly. I'm, like, what do you, what do you think it was everybody? Like, can we just right. calm down? Yes. Right. Like if, if, l- let me, let me explain something to you about Notre Dame. Okay. If it was, Let's just say, because I think there's maybe some is nefarious. Maybe he was doing something he shouldn't have done, blah, 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 blah. blah. They wouldn't have given you a false excuse. They would have just said, hey, he sprained his ankle in a non-football related," and they wouldn't address specifics. Right. The fact that they gave a specific, especially Marcus Freeman, who who I kind of find is one of the least BSing people I've ever met, He's not going to go out there and lie right to your face about right. this. He just, it's just not, right? Exactly. And Brian Kelly wouldn't have lied in this, from the standpoint if he would have made up a phony excuse. As much as I dislike Brian Kelly, he wouldn't. He just said, look, kid got injured away from the team and unfortunately, I'm going to be able to play. And that's what he would have said. So right. can can we chill out with the conspiracy theories and it was this <laughs> or not? It's like, just look, the kid freaking... We've all done it. I did it last week, walking up my freaking step, <laughs> right. right? Right, exactly. I mean, you know... I
1: and it's tender the next morning, and every, right. And
2: well, let's just let can let's not do that. <laughs> let's be better than that, right? And if we hear intel that it's something, in we'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But you know, from everything that we have heard, it it it's, it's exactly what they said it is. And I don't understand why we have. I mean, I guess I understand. You know, you look at the, you know, TV and you watch the news. Everything comes back, and it's not exactly what they said it was going to be. But in this case, let's just relax. It and- is. It is and, what it is. You know, and, it, it, it is what it is. And I and, and I firmly believe that if there
1: was an actual game on Saturday, he would play in it.
2: I Yeah, I, I, I mean, that. who knows? Who knows? I mean, you know, but the it's video you game. sent me of limping around, maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't be okay. I wouldn't be happy, but I'd still start Drew Pine if this was a real game, because if Tyler Buckner's limping around like that, I'm sorry. I, Tyler Buckner at 60% is not better than Drew Pine at 100. No, that's fair. <laughs> you <laughs> no, know that's what I mean? Fair so statement. Uh, you know, and then you're not going to play him anyway. Cause if, you know, if Drew's starting, then I'm not bringing Tyler off the bench to sit back and throw. Right. You'd only bring him in to play him. So let's just, uh, and then the, here's the other one that somebody just put, he's fragile. Stop. I don't understand. Like, where do all these bad takes come from, from people. Right. Like he had <laughs> one injury, real, real energy, his career towards ACL. Right. Right. Not fragile. He didn't, he didn't play a senior year because the state canceled football. It's not right. his fault. Right. He, his only injury he had last year was a pulled hamstring, right? Like, can we, can we just kind of chill out with some of the, some of the, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know what, like what side of the bed everybody woke up on this morning, but you know, let, let's just stop. Let's stop with some of this. Hilarious. He sprained his ankle walking on the steps. He's not fragile. There's not some conspiracy theory. He, he didn't sprain it hopping over a fence. You know, running away from the bank that him and some of his teammates just robbed. Right? Like, let's chill you out.
1: that's now the headline. Thanks, yeah, Exactly. Driscoll <laughs> said that
2: some moron on Twitter. Driscoll said that Tyler Buckner robbed the bank. These yeah. people are stupid, especially right. on Twitter. But it, it, he sprained his ankle walking down the steps. Something I'm pretty sure everybody in this chat has done unless you just don't walk. Right. 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 Or you walk around ankle braces when you're just doing normal people things. It, it, look, so, is it disappointing that he's not going to play? Absolutely. Now, this is the best response. This is the best response. This is funny. BK <laughs> doing dang voodoo. <laughs> <sighs> now, that's well done. That's well done. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about the blue-gold draft, Vince. First of yeah, all, yeah. just kind of walk every – because not everybody can see can see it. Just kind of walk everybody through kind of – I thought how- this was a – it's a pretty cool idea that I don't think they'll ever do again. Because I'm already seeing it on the board. Why isn't that? Why was this guy drafted higher than this guy? So that must mean that you know. And that's just kind of how it goes. It's like okay, yeah. you guys, kind of ruining a good thing. Right. right? Exactly. You know. Hopefully they don't pay
1: attention to that kind of stuff because I thought that this whole thing was an awesome. So walk us
2: team. through kind of how that went and, and
1: what it was like and just the setup. I thought it was a pretty cool deal. They made it a huge. They made it like an actual draft. Okay. So it was in the practice facility. It was set up very similarly to when Marcus Freeman was announced as the head coach, the stage wasn't quite as big, obviously, but they had the stage in the same place. They had chairs out front where all the players were sitting. And then on either side of the stage, they had the selection committee and the selection committee was made up. They had already prearranged which coaches were going to be on blue and which coaches were going to be on gold. And then the seniors, the guys who were in there last year, they were the selection committee and they were sitting around a table and they would hand a card to someone and then the card would go to the commissioner which is Jerome Bettis and Jerome Bettis would then announce you know who that was unfortunately for Jerome nobody gave him a pronunciation guide and so he what's did-
2: funny is he <laughs> got Tui Alamaka right He was getting like the most simple names
1: wrong. I think after he butchered a few at the beginning, he was getting whispered to by Marcus Freeman. But he got
2: Tuyallamanca right.
1: I know, (laughs) but that was later on. That was later on. But he
2: got another one wrong after that. Oh,
1: okay. Fair enough.
2: It was it's like,
1: really funny. You were messing up. Like, it was really
2: funny. Christophic. I mean, <laughs> messing up all these like, normal names. And it's like. It was funny. Then he uh, goes and he's like, uh, Junior to Alamaca. Because I was thinking to myself, I can't wait till he gets to like Marist to Junior to Alamaca. And then he nails it. Yeah. You know he he nailed Marist. Like, yeah. <laughs> well um, done.
1: But so what they would do is that they, they, they did a coin flip. And then whoever won the coin flip got to choose the position group and the first pick. And you would go all the way through the position group. So, starters basically down all the way through the depth chart down to the walk ons that were available. And then they did, you know, position group by position group. Um, And the first thing that they did, which was kind of funny, is they brought up Rob Hunt. He's the head athletic trainer for football. And he went through the injury list and he went through who's out, who is probable, and who's questionable. And he rattled off those names so fast. Uh, I mean, it was like a speed round. And I'm trying to type them all as fast as I can. And uh, I, and Brian caught me. I missed one of them. Um, but uh, so that was up front. And so that's why, by the way, that Tyson Ford and uh, Chris Tyree, for example, kind of slipped down the draft of their position group because they were both listed as questionable.
2: Who is the other one you Tyree and who? Uh, Tyson Ford. Okay. Uh, he
1: yeah, was picked, I think, like ninth last seventh, he was the third. last of the, yeah he was of the he was down experiment. there he was down there so uh um, that's why they were picked I think that's why they were picked lower uh because they just don't know about their availability but um I, I thought it was cool
2: they even had the doo do do
0: do doo you know yeah he
2: where, Jerome asked for that he
0: was like he
1: wanted he <laughs> yeah.
2: wanted the uh I thought that he, was funny yeah that was pretty um, cool
1: but you know they like I said they had it set up and it was a big thing each guy would come up when his name was called they would take their picture with Jerome and their jersey Um, I mean, they made, it was a whole deal and they even had the the selection cards, for example, right? The ones that were for the blue team were blue on the back. The ones that were for the gold team were gold on the back and they had the logo for the blue gold game. I mean, they actually thought about this and prepared for it and made it a thing. And I appreciated it. And I, there was some trash talking going on as soon as it's fun
2: for the kids, right? I mean, they, they broadcasted it for fans, but that was something that was for the kids and they, and I thought it was pretty cool.
1: Like when Jaden Mickey got Drafted to the gold team. He was talking trash all the way over to the committee for the blue
2: team. I think that you know, kid talks trash in his sleep. I think if crazy. his I think his roommate's probably like horrified. <laughs> his roommate's gonna like therapy because he's like, This kid says <laughs> the craziest things in his sleep. He just talks and just like I, talks about my mother in his sleep. It's really scary. I'm telling you, I, I was
1: impressed by the presentation. And then just overall, the idea of it, I really enjoy because yeah. these kids have ownership to it. It's going to actually be a football game. We don't have to like have a sliding scale next to us to figure out the scoring. Like it's a football game, and these kids are going to compete, and it's going to be great. And you know, Tyler Buckner not being there, it's a bit disappointing. But at the same time, we're going to see a heck of a lot of Drew Pine, and I like watching Drew Pine play football. So it is what it is, right? So, uh, but it was what we've always
2: said, right? What we've always said is like, look, uh, I think Tyler Buckner is the best quarterback on this team. But we've also said several times many times if drew pine has to play you're gonna be fine you know and, right. and i think this is good for drew because i because to be honest with you is drew from everything from every source i've talked to i mean literally every single one so drew had a rough spring right and so i think for him this is a good chance for him to really end on a strong note and kind of get some momentum back in the quarterback yeah. battle yeah because from what i understand it hasn't been close and it's it's been it's been it's been very clear that um that Tyler Buckner's been the best quarterback that they have. It's just now it's, it's like I said, Drew gets his shot. And that's yeah. a that's a good thing, Vince. So it'll be interesting to see. And, and you know, some of the – you're the, looking at the rosters, you know, obviously the, the blue team has wrong, had Ron Paul. Tyler Buckner's going to play both ways. They also announced that the linemen – offensive nine. linemen will wear green because some of them will have to play both ways because there's some injured guys. I mean, I think right now they've only got nine healthy scholarship receivers because – Obviously. Right, right. Patterson's out. Tanona's out and Shrouth is out. Shrouth is out, yeah. And then the other three freshmen don't show up till the fall. Right. So, you know, you, you saw that. But so g- blue team is Ron Paulus, a quarterback. And again, Drew Pine is on both teams. Right. Logan Diggs and Aldrick estimate running back, which I thought was really interesting. The two bigger guys on one team and the two, like, I was shocked. Like, the one surprise for me was obviously Logan Diggs went number one. Didn't surprise me. But then Jadarian Price went two. Yeah. And then uh, I think that's like I said. I think that's partly because Tyree was listed as questionable. No, no, I'm talking about overestimate.
1: Julian oh, overestimate. I see was the
2: I surprise see. for me. I see, and and so that was the the surprise for me. I understand why Tyree went last. So you saw Estimate and Digs in the same backfield. Then you have Lorenzo Styles, Deion Coles, and Matt Salerno are the scholarship receivers. Mitchell Evans at tight end. And then you've got Blake Fisher, Tosh Baker, Andrew Kristoffing and Josh. Like I heard some about Tosh Baker yesterday, which I thought was really interesting and encouraging. I'm trying to reach out to some more sources to see if I can get that confirmed about, you know, maybe how his spring ended on a, on a strong note. So I'm hoping to talk to some more, some more sources on that and have some Intel here on the Irish breakdown message board. So we'll have that. And then, Offensively, the gold team is obviously Angeli as, as a quarterback, and and I'll, I'll be honest, with you, I think this is going to be good for Steve Angeli too because with yeah. Tyler Buckner out, you know, Ty, Drew Pine's going to get a ton of reps in the first half. Yes, and I would imagine Angeli and Paulus both get like a, a series maybe here and there just to, to, to Drew's not literally going from series to series, <laughs> right, right. But uh, you know, getting a chance, you know, we'll see more of them in this game. So I'm looking forward to seeing that and see, seeing Steve get his chance to, to play. Running back is Jadarian Price and Chris Tyree. The receivers are Brayden Lindsey and Jaden Thomas. Michael Mayer and Kevin Bauman at tight end. And then the offensive line there is Zeke Carell, who's the number one overall pick at all on the yes, offensive he was. line. Which I think so, is smart because he's the only true center. That's it's right. Well, him ever. and Carmody are on the same team. I'm sitting there like, oh, okay, yeah, well, one point. of those guys is gonna have to snap for the blue team. <laughs> Uh, so i think michael carmody might be that guy uh, yeah. but you've got uh, J- zeke Carell, joe walt Rocco spindler michael carmody and caleb johnson on one team so that'll be very interesting then defensively it, i tell you what the defensive line for the blue team is going to be pretty nasty i think it's you've got riley mills and isaiah foskey on the edge you've got aaronsberger josh burnham jacob Lacey, and jason onye plus Wolf schweitzer linebackers you've got maris lewifau jordan patelho Junior two Alamakas, like all the West Coast, you know, linebackers are on one team. And then you've got Ramon Henderson, Justin Walters, Houston Griffith at safety. And then Clarence Lewis, Ryan Bards, and Chance Tucker Corner. The goal team defensive line is on the edge. You've got Nana, Osafa, Mensa, Osita, Iguanu, Aiden, Gobira, Justin Adamiola. And then Tyson Ford's kind of a swing guy. And then you've got Gabriel Rubio and Howard Cross. Linebacker, Bo Bauer, Prince Kali, Nolan Ziegler, uh, Rovers, Jack Kaiser, Jalen Sneed. Safety, you've got Brandon Joseph, DJ Brown, Xavier Watts, and at corner, you've got Bracy, Philip Riley, and Jaden Mickey. So that is the makeup of the two teams. And then I, I just I love this. Our guy Zach Martin just I did you see yes, I, I did. See <laughs> <laughs> what you did. I don't know whether to laugh or say ban you. See what you that's did. What... <laughs> <laughs> you know, some idiot on another site or something like that is like because you know the site that's always listening to like every show we do. They're probably thinking, like, how can we use this to our advantage? Absolutely, you know? <laughs> that's going to be a headline. <laughs> it will be. Our breakdown says, I can't wait for it. So that's the that's the blue gold game roster, Vince, and you know we'll talk a little bit more about sort of expectations. We're going to talk more about the offense tomorrow because we didn't really do service to it yesterday, but we'll talk about what kind of what we're looking to see from both of these groups uh, tomorrow even more. But I thought that that was a that was a fun deal. I really liked. You no know, cuz these kids battle against each other all spring and and from what we've heard Vince and what you saw firsthand it was a super competitive spring. And I think things like this are fun you know and their rewards and then you saw Al you know uh Al Washington and and McCullough, McCuller the head coaches for the two teams it looks like right isn't that kind of what they said that they were going to do yeah which I really like you know this Vince I wanted to bring up something so hey just so you guys know start throwing in some questions yeah and Vince and I'll start staring them because uh uh, them and then ask answering answer them because we're just going to talk about a couple things spring game and then because we're not going to do a typical post-hour mailbag today so we're just going to kind of talk like about a half an hour about this stuff and then dive right in the mailbags. if you have recruiting questions team questions whatever start throwing those in now so that we have them but I, I gotta say you know remember last the last couple of years we've been asked about you know it was on the board especially but even in the chat you know who from this staff do you think are head coaches and we'd often kind of sit there and be like maybe Elston right like you know Elston maybe at like the right school and it was like you know Clark Lee when he was here but like like last year it's like, who are the head coaches? And you're like, other than Freeman, it's like, I don't know. I gotta say something about this, about this, um, this kind of coaching staff. There are several guys in this coaching staff that I think are gonna be head coaches. And if if Notre Dame wins the way that I think they're gonna win Al yeah. Washington's gonna be a head football coach. Yeah, Al Washington's gonna be a head football coach in the next five years. If Notre Dame wins the way that I think they're going to win, uh Dylan McCullough is gonna be head football coach somewhere. Like I mean, he just kind of has that. I mean, we know he's a good coach. We know how he relates. He's a guy that's about discipline and all that, but in a way that it's it's relatable. I think he's going to be head coach. Uh, I the tight ends coach, Jared Parker, just strikes me as a guy that's you know going to be head coach somewhere. You know, you look at you look at a lot of these guys, and you're just like Al Golden has been a head coach. Like there's a lot more guys that you're like that guy can command a room. Then maybe we had now Harry Heastin has that ability, but he's just not a. I mean Harry Heastin's an O line lifer, and yeah. I think he's totally fine with that. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and some guys are like that. Some guys right. are just, look. This is what
1: I do. I'm staying in my lane, and this is what I'm good at. And they're not gonna. Right. They're not gonna go there. You know what I mean? And so right. that that's not for
2: everybody. You're right? It's not for everybody. And and you know and I and I think that's kind of you know that's kind of. Uh, something I like, you know, I mean, Brian Mason is a guy that I could see being a head coach someday. I mean, Chris O'Leary is, is young. Mike Mickens is still, you know, kind of young as a coach. Chancey Stuckey, we don't know, but even with those younger guys that don't, maybe haven't coached a while, you see certain traits, you're like, you know, that I could see that guy being head coach someday. And then of course, Tommy Reese is another young guy that, that, that we could throw into that conversation too. I, I think Tommy at 29 is still probably, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to evaluate him as a head coach just yet, but I mean, it, He's been an often he's twenty nine and he's been an offensive coordinator for a team that's won ten plus games every year and he's going into year three. He'll have that chance someday too. So I mean, I other than he Stan, who I don't think wants the job, nor do I think he would be a head coach kind of guy. I I don't know if there's a guy on the staff that that I don't think someday has a chance to be head coach and and I don't think that's unintentional, Vince. I don't I don't think that's by accident. I yeah. think that's I think that says a lot about the type of leadership and the type of person that marcus freeman looked for yeah and i think it says also a lot about the fact that you you don't surround yourself with guys like that if you're someone who wants a a bunch of yes men around you yeah right and i I think that was a that's been a that's been a problem with previous head coach and this isn't a shot at brian kelly it was true of brian kelly but i also think it was true of charlie weiss I, I do I think it was true of Charlie Weiss as well. I, I don't know about Bob Davy and Ty Willingham. I wasn't around enough for those eras. I've heard some people say that. I don't know but I, I I like the fact that he surrounded himself with with people that can command that have a presence and can command a room and I think that's going to be good for Notre Dame because what happens is and the reason I the reason I'm bringing this up is number one it benefits his current team but if Marcus Freeman can start having guys leave for coordinator jobs and head coaching jobs and have success there, guess what? Notre Dame becomes a place big time coaches want to come to if they want those opportunities. So I right. think it's good for the program too. Absolutely. Uh, coaching turnover, if done the right way, is good for a program. It's healthy. And, you know, I mean, that's why Alabama's been able to have so much coaching turnover over the years. Sure. But it's like, I want to, I want to go work on that staff because if I know if I go to Bama, I'm going to have a chance to be a, a head coach somewhere, or, or if I'm a position coach to get a coordinator job. And I'd like to see Notre Dame kind of become that. That yeah. kind of program. So. Well, they
1: can, and and having being able to control a room, or not control a room, but like command a room, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, it's huge in recruiting too. Right. I mean, all of those things I think fall in line with what Marcus Freeman was looking for when he was putting together his coaching staff. I mean, smart. In my opinion, smart head coaches surround themselves with guys that are going to make the program better, not be guys that are just going to do whatever I tell them to do. That's not what I want. I want guys that are going to come up with their own ideas and I can take those ideas, use them or just be like, Hey, you know, maybe we're going to just go this other direction, but not be afraid to come to you with different things and and be that sounding board for you. I think that's smart. I I think when you're putting your staff together, you want smarter guys than you in the room. Right. Mm And then that does, I'm not saying Marcus Freeman's not smart. I'm not, I think he's incredibly intelligent for putting his staff together in this manner but you fill your weaknesses with strengths and then you get those head coach type guys
2: on your staff. I think that's. Absolutely well, and and even if you don't feel you have weaknesses, I, I think it, it, you look, this is what I think the great ones do. You surround yourself with other talented people. Best. Absolutely. And, and knowing that I can't be in every room at all, every time I can't, as the head coach be involved in the lives of 85 to a hundred some kids. Right. Right. The way that I could as a linebackers coach. Right. And so you hire people that have similar values. And so that's why I wanted to bring it up. I thought it was, I thought it was noticeable. And then somebody brought this up, Vince. I did not notice this, but it'd be sweet if, if it was true, you were there. So you would see this, uh, USMA 87. Did it, did you catch Dylan wearing his Super Bowl ring? You know, that's funny. I didn't. And
1: I'm going to have to watch the video like on yeah. here of, uh, his postgame press. If conference. he
2: did, I think that'd be great. I think I that's think- awesome. <laughs> I think
1: that's, that's awesome. Like, yeah. Well done, sir. You know yeah. what I, mean? like, I think that's that's yeah. really smart. Yeah, uh, because they were hyping up their guys, and uh that part was really fun to watch. Like they yeah, the, the selection process um was was the real thing, like they mm-hmm. were in it, they were in it. You're smiling
2: about something. Uh, it's just a comment from Jojo that I'm gonna pull up that I just think is hilarious. So let's pull up the super chat from Jojo with he. Thank you for that, Jojo. But Jojo said good afternoon, guys. Uh, We need some L- L- escalators or improving the training table and adding a chef for Tyler Buckner. I'm not worried Is a spring game doing NBC and NIL do. I, I don't ha- have a whole lot of knowledge of the NBC and NIL thing, but I just think I'm just like waiting on Brian Kelly to talk about like you know, he left because Notre Dame doesn't have enough escalators on campus or something like that. Well, I, so just for people that are, uh, interested in how things go
1: at Notre Dame, when they ended the draft, right. And he's, he gave his players basically an end of practice talk and he's Mm. like, Hey, uh, you know, right after this, we got training table
2: and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like,
1: Oh, they actually do training table at Notre Dame. Huh?
2: Amazing. But the food's not as good because it has to be shipped from across. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. So, um, it, it it doesn't nourish their body the same way as something that's built in, the, in the, on the facility. Uh, so you know, I completely understand where people are coming from. I said sarcastically. Got Coach, a couple
1: more super chats here. Coach McCullough kept his hands under the desk the entire time as I'm watching this video.
2: Got to find some pictures. Yeah, no. Mark Chris Manish with a super chat. Thank you very much, Mark. I sprained my ankle doing uh, going downstairs, and their name a student as well. Difference was my injury may have involved club fever stares at club three fever. <laughs> club <laughs> fever that is old school right there brother jojo jojo with another super chat he says i'm not worried about dante yet but i see that braylon james already recruiting him on twitter uh and he says i think he silently committed another name and he'll eventually come out i look i don't whether he silent it or not doesn't matter when the right. kid's a silent commitment and he's taking a lot of other visits i, I don't really he's not committed i mean yeah. well it's not that i mean it's just it's if a kid silently commits and he says hey but here's the plan and the school locates it then it, it is what it is it True. just to me it doesn't carry a lot of value because if you're taking other visits you're, there's clearly some level of openness to other programs right right that that's that's my thing is yeah. kind of where i'm coming from so it really doesn't matter but um yeah i mean look and and if you caught the show vince braylon almost said dante's name during the show he's like i'm looking to get and then he paused and is like you know a great class <laughs> like he that's hilarious. It looked like he was getting ready to say something like you know get Dante or something like that or you know the quarterback or something that's great but uh mm-hmm. I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny I, I thought that was very well done uh but I thought the whole Vince you you didn't you weren't on the show last night did you have a chance to go back and watch the the video of, of Braylon's commitment to watch him pull-
1: actually it? commit I, okay. watched, I watched that part where he pulls out the you okay. hat. I did enjoy that. what
2: were your thoughts at first like did you go through the same roller coaster I did? That your heart sunk for a second. <laughs> it's Like, wait, then, what?
1: Like yeah. we, like when you, when they pull the hat out from under the table, right. like I was like, oh, usually that means that's who they're going with. Like that was, and I was really firm that he was going to go to Notre Dame, and I was like, wait, wait, what? And then, okay, all right, he mm-hmm. didn't. And you could hear somebody in the background. They're like, oh, like that, I thought that was really funny when he pulled out the LSU hat. So that was yeah. that was good. And you know what? It was also very mature of him to say, hey, look, LSU's still going to hold a special place in my mm. heart, but.
2: He trolled him but did it with class, and that's Keith yeah, that's exactly. Braylon James. That's great. <laughs> my opinion. Troll with class. I like that. I like that a yeah. lot. That's how it's got to be done, man. That's how it's got to be done. We had some questions here, Vince. Uh, who are the kickers and punters? I didn't. Um, well, Josh didn't Bryan that. is the, the kicker for one team, and then Groupie was on the selection okay. committee. Team Blue. Team Blue is Brian Dowd, Alex Peich, and Blake Is Brian da- Brian Dowd's a punter, right? Yes. Because I, I don't think they have any punters on the team. Because, like, the kid from Harvard doesn't show up till the fall. And they, they Bryson did, McPherson doesn't show up till the fall, right?
1: Did, uh, like, no scholarship punters. Two punters. Or they like, recruit. They drafted punters.
2: Right. Chris Salerno, Josh Bryan, and Michael Vinson. So is Chris Salerno a punter? uh yes i believe okay. that is so he must be the punter for the other team i'm but looking none of up. the scholarship punters are going to be on are on campus right now which is kind of interesting here we go uh, i thought but that should help you so uh, salerno is solicited as a kicker
1: brian's a kicker and groupie's a kicker and then brian uh brian dowd is the only punter on the okay. roster now
2: brian dowd also is a so, doesn't he also play on the soccer team uh that, that kid that also plays in the soccer team don't i thought know. he did I thought it was a really good soccer player in high school, if I remember correctly. Because there's nothing listed on his bio, because that's helpful. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the football bio? Yeah. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I thought maybe if I clicked on the bio. Yeah, he,
2: he also plays on the soccer team. Okay. Yeah, he's, okay. he's a goalkeeper for the soccer oh, team. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was 2021 All-ACC uh, ACC All-Tournament team uh, last fall. So he's really? the, he's, the, team, he's okay. the primary goalkeeper for Notre Dame. Went to Fenwick high school in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. He's a pretty good football player. So my family. If goes I to remember Fenwick. correctly, he was right. pretty good football player. So yeah, he's also on the soccer team. So D rock. Good question there. Yes. Uh, Jim absolutely. Halloran says, why would why let Isaiah Foskey or Michael Mayer participate? Seems like nothing to gain everything to lose. What say you, Brian? I'm okay with them playing. Uh, yeah. I just wouldn't play him a ton. I don't yeah. think Fosky's going to play like the whole game or whole half, but I mean, I, I think he wants to play, uh, you know, it, I don't think the risk of injury is such that that I would uh, definitely sit them if they want to play. I, I personally wouldn't play much. But the problem is you don't have a lot of dudes on either right. side of the ball. I mean, that's the problem with any spring game. I mean, no one has 85 scholarship players on the roster in the spring. You right. know, I think that day is probably going to come sometime in the next decade where like every kid's an early enrollee just about, but yeah. we're not there yet. I mean, Notre Dame's come a long way. Like, half their class this year was, or not one that long ago, was like three to five guys a year. But, you know, you're your guys are injured, guys are out, and all that. So, I mean, I'd let them play well, and You need. I just wouldn't I mean, play, have them let them play a ton. Yeah, and you are like, like you're not like, cut blocking. You're, I mean, there's some right. things that you're not doing in this game that, that, that reduce that. Because
1: in a real game, you need, like, eight defensive linemen minimum. Right. You know what I mean? And that's probably not going to be the case here because that means that's 16 – defensive linemen and they don't have 16 defensive linemen you know what i mean so it's there's it's going to be a little bit different obviously from a normal game and a normal rotation and and all of that same thing at linebacker for example you know what i mean like they don't have backups per se
2: i'll be honest with you what i would consider doing with mayor is i would consider putting a red jersey on him and just being like look you can cover him. You can be physical with him in the run game, but when he catches the ball, he's down on contact. I yeah, mean, so, right. You know. Just tap him out. Right, but other than that,
1: because the mean, only way I, to take down Michael Mayer is to go low, and you don't right want, or, blowing yeah, out a knee. I mean, exactly, yeah. exactly,
2: exactly. So I, I, you know, that's kind of my, that's kind of my stance on that. So right, and these guys play really hard, but they're
1: not going to play. I, I mean, some of them will because they're trying to impress and things like that, but
2: you know. They're going to be careful with themselves too. Right. I'll just say that. Right. So I'm I'm looking at some of these. I'm seeing some of the responses that you had up that you saw earlier, apparently, Vince, about oh, the quarterback situation. It's gotcha. Just like, goodness gracious, y'all.
1: I, exactly.
3: It's just oh Lord Shaking my head.
1: Just shaking my head about the whole thing. Lord I mean, have mercy. Why can't
2: we just. You know, believe what is told to us. I realize. Well, I mean, I'm not a, i am not I mean, Vince, you know me well enough. No, I'm not a fan of that action. Well, but I, it's just sometimes you got to In use this particular sense, situation, like, like, right, like, I trust right. Marcus Freeman. I do.
1: And he, it didn't look like he was trying to spin anything. Like, he's like, look, here's what happened, you know, a freak thing. And he gave like a timeline. He's like, it was a half hour after our quarterback mm-hmm. meeting. Like, you know, that's a lot of detail for, I mean, I realize the devil's in the right.
2: details, but like, you know, Come right. On, right. Yeah. So anyway, I, uh yeah, it's pretty funny. Just reading through some of this stuff. Yeah, I, it's bet. Just, I bet. It's just. It's like, this is why sometimes we can't have nice things. You know what I mean? Like,
1: <laughs> my favorite thing more. is that he's fragile. That's my yeah. favorite comment of all. Because oh. I don't even know where that even comes from. All right. all right. Because three years ago, he tore his ACL.
2: Right. Got it. It is what it is. All right, let's uh, let's see if you got any more questions here, Vince. It doesn't look like I, I don't see a ton of questions. You want to go ahead and read that one? As sure. I'll continue to search. Absolutely. More for some Cam, more.
1: Camden Hirschberger says, "Everyone seems so obsessed with the James commitment and Pendleton's decision on Monday. Are there any recruits who should be watched carefully this weekend? We kind of talked about that. I want to say on Friday yeah. that the recruits aren't making emotional decisions anymore. Like that just doesn't appear to be a thing and committing on blue gold weekend. is an emotional decision for the most part.
2: Well, unless you come in with that plan. Right. And I, and I know there's, there's that's possible. I, you know, but, but again, it's not the, the premise of the question was, do you think anyone could come in and the blue gold game is such that it would cause them to commit. And that I don't think, I think any kid that's coming in this weekend with the plan to commit is going to commit, but otherwise that's not the case. And I, Look, do I expect some action this weekend? Yeah, I do. I'm not going to tell you who it is because that's just not how we roll. But yeah, I would I would pay attention to some recruiting news this weekend. I, I would. So yeah, stay tuned. That's why you got to be part of Irish Breakdown. But look at you. But even it's, on the site, even on the board. But again, it's just you know, I'm not. I don't want to turn this into like, um. Oh, sign up on the board. and You'll find out who it is. I'm not saying it on the board either. That's just not how we roll at Irish right. Breakdown. Exactly. So just it's, um, yeah, you know, let let it play out. But what I will say, Camden, in, in in respect to your question is I, I do think there will be some action this weekend, and I would encourage you to stay, to stay glued to the different the different channels and things like that to to kind of see what comes because we do expect some action. We do we do expect, yeah, we do expect some action. And then as as far as Pendleton, you know, we'll we'll ha- we'll airish we'll we'll have a show around the time he's going to commit as well, and just kind of break down what it means for Notre Dame one way or the other. But um, yeah. That's that's about about all I could say, right there. So, yeah. I start a couple. Um, Brian, just go. FYI,
1: John says Arconigan, Conigan, wow, Connor Radigan and Matt Salerno on different teams. Who has the best potential to help the team? Um, I don't remember Matt being selected so he must have he been was one on of the captains he, he was a yeah. committee member right. um so i'm not sure which team he was on to be honest with you, i didn't see the final uh, list i
2: said blue he's with St- styles and colsey okay and then connor's
1: on the other team then he's on Correct. the gold team okay so they are on Correct. separate teams um i mean look matt is a is is a better wide receiver at the moment that's why he got put on scholarship uh they can both help the team i i, I think connor's a decent receiver you know what i mean he's just not necessarily a Notre Dame level receiver, but he's a good receiver. I mean, he made right. pl- he's been he's made plays in practices that we have seen, right? Um, you are talking about Radigan? I'm talking about Radigan. Yeah, he yeah. can play. Like he can play. Yeah. I mean, his dad played at Notre Dame. He's got the genes. You know, he can play. Um, and the Blue Gold game is a great opportunity for somebody like Connor to make plays. So right. I I would end, actually anticipate both Matt and Connor making plays in the Blue Gold game. Number one, because of depth. Um, at the wide receiver position they're going to get a ton of snaps a ton of snaps so they're going to make plays right and even if the depth chart was a little bit deeper they're still going to get
2: opportunities because it's the blue gold game so they're both they're both going to make plays yeah i actually think as a pure receiver i actually kind of like connor Addigan a little bit more there you go so that's just me i think matt Salerno brings you some return game stuff he's a little Seems a little bigger to me. He I is bigger. Maybe he I think he's thicker. He seems bigger. Yeah. He appears to be thicker. But is this a pure receiver? I kind of like what Connor can do. Yeah. I think he's good. It works hard player. too. Yeah. It, it, it's funny it's because he's an athlete. Yeah. We Look, have... he could have gone to like Valpo and been a dude. I Absolutely. Mean, no question. I would have recruited it. him at Duquesne as a one double team and been like, yeah, that's one of my top recruits. I mean, he yes. kid can play. Just, Absolutely. There's, there's a big
1: difference between playing and, at
2: Duquesne and. Right. Playing and, in Notre Dame, and he
1: wants like he wants to play. Like we have we have Dr. Radigan on our show at pregame uh, a lot over at WSBT, and I you know every once in a while I ask about Connor, you know that kind of a thing because he's a walk on, doesn't get to go to all the games and stuff, and he's like he goes, yeah, Connor's pissed. He wants to play like right. that. I love that. You know what I mean? Like right. you're a walk on and you're pissed that you're not playing. That's awesome. I, I love right. that attitude. So he's working his butt off to play. Good for him. I hope he goes. I hope he shows out.
2: Yeah. Last couple of questions and we don't seem to have any more questions. So uh, if we don't get any more questions, we're going to wrap up here pretty soon. So, uh, and, and as far as there was one question about Al Golden scheme, Nolan, we had a, we had a show about that recently. Uh, it's titled uh, changes are coming to the defense. I would encourage you to watch that because we couldn't do justice to that answer now. Right. To what, a you show. know, what what right. show. So I just encourage you to watch that, but it, it's, the philosophy is going to be similar, but I think we'll just structurally there'll be some differences and, and a lot of it has to do with personnel as much as it has to do with with Al Golden you know but I, I think we'll see some see some aggressiveness we'll see some different coverage structures and some different blitz structures but uh, beyond that I think it I would encourage you to go watch that show when you when you have a minute and and check that out because we go into a lot more detail uh regards to what we're doing but let's go ahead and get to this this question here vince dc irish
1: 1213 says do you guys think that pine starting the spring game helps his case against buckner if he plays very well it's a data point like it it's a data point will it help him yeah i mean any good practice will help you but it's not going to be oh my gosh he played so well in the spring game he's clearly the starter like that's that's not how it works this is another data point Right. Through the process. It
2: can definitely help him. Absolutely. You know, the question is, does it help him? I think it can. Yes. If he plays well, because here's the thing, like we can talk about, you know, Drew's had this or Tyler's had Drew Tyler's not injury prone, but he has had injuries. Drew hasn't. Right. So if Drew can go out there and battle, you look, being a guy that like, look, this guy's a better player, but I know we can count on this guy. You know, like if Tyler has another injury that keeps him out of fall camp, then maybe at that point in time you have that conversation. But that's not the issue now. However, what that what this injury has done, even though I don't think it's a big deal, what it has done, it's a big deal for Drew Pine. Because Drew gets a chance to go out there and show command and battle and compete and lead and make plays. And as you said, Vince, like if the gap is here. Drew has a chance to make it here. Absolutely, I mean, he's not going to like. Tyler's the clear starter. Drew has plays on well the spring game, and then all of sudden a sudden it's like whoop! he bolts and he's the number yeah. one guy. Right, right. But right. It, it it certainly it certainly wouldn't doesn't hurt if he goes out and plays well. It's not it's not like if Drew goes out there and plays great, Tommy's be like I don't care. It's a spring game. No, it'll help. Yeah, but it's not it's not like he went out there and beat Ohio State. Right, right. like it's a spring game. Right, it, it's a data point, but it's just one of fifteen over the course of the spring. Exactly and and that's the thing to remember from it. But yeah, I, I do think DC I do think it it could help him. And I I I think it could help him more than it can hurt him. Cuz the flip side is well what if he doesn't play well? I think if he doesn't play well, they're going to kind of look and give him a pass because of what they're asking him to do. Cuz it's not easy play on two different teams not and do easy. all that kind of stuff. So I, I think I'd be I'd be more willing to give Drew a pass if he doesn't play well and but maybe give him a And I'll say this too. I I this is just a guess. Right. And I'm just telling you kind of how I would react to it. But if Drew goes out there and plays on both teams and plays well, not only does it close the gap, but I'm throwing a couple bonus points his way, you know, I mean, for for competing and battling and, sure. and stepping up and, and answering the bell. So I, I do think in that regard, Vince, it could certainly it could certainly help.
1: This this is going along the lines of that same question, Kirk Roberts says. And what happens if the freshman Plays better than Pine. That would be
2: Angeli. I, I mean, I care about that. I care about that <laughs> as much as I cared about Montgomery Van Gorder playing better yeah. than, than Deshaun Kaiser. And what I mean by that, Kirk, is it's the spring game. Now, wow. if Steve Angeli has been outplaying Drew Pine like all spring, and then outplays him in the Blue Gold game, different. it matters. That's different, yeah, right? But if Drew Pine's clearly the number two, and then Steve Angeli just has a better spring, game, I, I just I don't care. Yeah. But the point is, is so I'm not saying this to dis- dismiss your question. But with any of these kids, somebody out playing somebody else in the spring game means nothing to me in in that context of just that game. If it's something that is sort of like, hey, man, this has been, just so you know, this has been happening a lot this spring. Right. Like, So-and-so has been playing really well. That's going to matter more to me than what happened in a in a, in a spring game. Right. Right. Because right. I would argue, Vince, you and I have been at some of these spring scrimmages that happened before the spring game. They tend to be more intense. Yes. Than the spring game. Absolutely. Yes because they're more alive there's you know there's there's and more it's usually
1: one v ones and it's right. a little bit more you know because right. in, in the spring game you might be playing next to somebody that you don't normally play next to you know what i mean and that could be different than uh, you know the situation where you know when you're normally starting next to you know patterson for example etc whatever whatever the case may be you might be playing next to somebody you're not used to that can affect the way that you play i mean that's just a fact so um and it's the spring game again is it fun? Right. Is it exciting? Is, is it going to be a beautiful day? Yeah. All of that
2: is a yes. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be yeah, there. Absolutely, to...
1: But it's just, it's not the be all end all. That's, I think that's what people need to understand. It's just one data point out of 15. That's exactly it really, right. It really is. Yes. It really is. No question.
2: We have some more questions that we did have a couple come in here. Uh, we, uh, Ryan asked about, was talking about Pendleton. Is he committing oh. on CBS? No, he is actually going to, he's going to live stream his, his commitment on his own Instagram page. It's, uh, Samuel uh, S A M U E L underscore Pendleton is uh, is is what he has as in- Instagram. So follow him on Instagram. But we'll carry that if, if it is on Instagram. We'll carry that on our show. So uh, if you want to just come here for that, and it's going to be at six thirty on Monday, he's going to announce between Notre Dame, Michigan, Florida, and NC State are his four finalists. And we, we we're a little surprised that Clemson wasn't on there because yeah. we had been told. Yeah. That Clemson was going to be was going to be a, a team that he liked a lot as well. So that was something that um, that I thought was was very 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 interesting.
3: Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.
2: Vince uh, Zacho asked this: Any top matchups that you're looking for based Ooh. on how the team shook out? Man, I'd have to have it sitting in front of me. Um, I, I have one. Yeah, I, I, I'm I don't really, have the team sitting in front yeah, of me. I'm really looking forward to see Joe Alt mm-hmm. go against Isaiah Foskey and Josh Burnham and Riley Mills because I want to see Joe Alt. Like we've heard some things about Joe Alt from this spring that kind of have you excited about. Uh, mm-hmm you know, about, about what, about what this, what this tackle tandem could be. Yeah. And I like the fact that he's going against the dudes, you know, he's going against some guys and I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to seeing that Uh, very, very, very much. So, so I think that's, that's one, but there aren't a whole lot of others to be honest with you that I'm, that I, as far as matchups that I care a lot about outside of that one. Right. And so somebody who's like Jaden Mickey versus the other receivers. That part's cool because the thing I the thing I like about Jaden uh, against the other receivers is he is on the team opposite Lorenzo Styles. That's true. Leon Colsey. and and uh, you know so so he'll get a chance to kind of battle with some guys. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I guess that's another one that I would look for. But it, it, for me, it's not so much the matchup, Zacho. It's just like I want to see how Ryan Barnes looks. So I want to see how Chance Tucker and Philip Riley look. You know, the young guys we haven't seen a whole lot. I want to see how justin walters looks i want to see the freshman linebackers i want to see the guys we don't get to see a lot right like i don't need to see isaiah if Isaiah say foskey has five sacks in the game on saturday what does that tell us it tells us he's he's still really good yeah yeah, right i mean like and if he doesn't do anything in the blue gold game it's like oh gosh foskey's because he was not good last spring he just didn't do a whole lot last spring i did talk to somebody the other day who said that the that uh you know like man the tackles have a really good spring Oh, except when they go against Isaiah Foskey. he has been unblockable. So I had somebody tell me that. I've heard that from about four or five people, that Isaiah Foskey doesn't practice much, but when he does, like he's a monster. Yeah. Practice much meaning he's not in a lot of the scrimmage situations. He's going through all the practice stuff, but like they've just limited him a little bit in some of the contact stuff. But when he does play, it's like, yeah, you notice it because all of a sudden they're they're making a ton more plays. So that'll be. That'll be nice. Nolan Sanchez, what is the depth chart at running back right now? The depth chart is just everybody on scholarship and it's Chris Tyree in no order. Chris Tyree, Logan Diz. Aldrich estimate Jadarian price. And then in the fall, it'll also be Jabron Payne. And I'm not saying that flippantly, Nolan, it's just that that depth chart is still, it's it, very it fluid. I and mean, Chris yeah. Tyree's missed a big chunk of the spring. You know, Jadarian price had a great spring estimate. Digs have had their moments of spring. Jabron Payne shows up. So it is, it is still TBD, very much TBD, and at this point in time, I think every kid that's on the roster now is going to get a chance to play in this in the fall.
1: Yeah, I agree,
2: and i'm I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, uh, Charlie Weiss's last belt loop, Brian. Why didn't Notre Dame stand a chance with Deuce Robinson? Seems like a perfect match. It has nothing to do with them not standing a chance. They stopped recruiting him when they landed Cooper uh, Cooper Flanagan. They stopped recruiting Deuce Robinson, which I, I still say to this day is stupid. And the the new tight ends coach and Tommy Reese have tried to get back in with him, but it's it's too late. You can't stop recruiting a five star, and then yeah, and then try to jump know, back in. You're just you're gonna have a hard time winning that battle. It, it's it's not often you can do that, and so that's that's why. Because early on, Deuce had a legit interest in Notre Dame. Yeah, team. yeah. But you know, the reality is, is he was a five star kid that you were gonna have to battle big time programs for, and that's just not something the previous staff did. It's like ah.
1: Yeah, we know we'll go that. get Cooper
2: Flanagan who's a really good player we we know we can get him and, and look Cooper Flanagan's a really good player but you know if you're going to take two and I think I still think a case can be made that that two would have been good especially if you get a guy like two, Deuce Robinson because the thing I the thing I'll say it Vince is those two guys are such great compliments right like Deuce is more of a flex tight end like you know outside guy Cooper's more of a traditional tight end more of a guy that's going to play attached he's 6'5 he's going to be 250 plus I'm They'd have been great—a oh, great one-two punch. So it's not like get Deuce because he's better than Cooper. It's like, man, that's a that's a heck of a one-two punch for a team that hasn't been able to recruit receivers. So it just it made no sense. But that's what they did. So it wasn't that they didn't stand a chance. They don't stand a chance now, right? Because they dropped the ball. But it had nothing to do with the uh, with before. Vince, can you can you go ahead and read that one here real quick? I certainly a-
1: can. Jules 602 says, if we miss on Dante, Rayola or Carr next year, I think regardless of whether they get Dante or not, they're still going to be recruiting those guys for the following year. Right. I mean, that's, I I don't think one impacts the other per se, unless there's a five star in the 24 class that doesn't want to compete. And that's usually not the case, but.
2: Well, I, I don't, I don't think it's so much about, I think, I think that, there are some kids who don't want to compete. Some kids are just looking and say, look, I don't mind competing, but that's just stupid. Like why, <laughs> right. Right. Why, why would I go there? And, and he's got a year head start on me. Right. When I go to this other similarly, really, really good program that I like also like a lot. And you know, there the guy, the guy's two years ahead of me. Right. You know, sometimes it's, it's yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to, I'm not afraid of competition, but I'm also not an idiot. And I understand that like, I'm, I'm there's other, there's other options, but Rayola's is not going to come to Notre Dame. That's not that one's not going to happen. And he's he's Ohio State, USC. I, I don't see that one happening. I think CJ Carr and Julian San are the top two options right now. Mm-hmm. I know Notre Dame would like to get Jane Davis on campus and next year's quarterback class is going to be really strong as well. I don't know if it's going to be quite as strong as this one, but it's pretty good. CJ Carr is a really good football player. But if, you know, I don't think missing on Dante has anything to do with who they go after. I mean, they're going to go after the best quarterback they get next year's class, even if they get Dante. Losing Dante more doesn't change their 2024 recruiting strategy at all quarterback. It only changes their 2023 recruiting strategy. exactly. Because they got to find a quarterback. But if they get Dante more, they're still going to recruit the best quarterbacks in the country next year and try to get them. Right. Now, it may hurt their chances with some of those guys, but it's not going to change their strategy. Right. So good way to put it. Yeah. A uh, couple more. We have, we have some good questions coming up. Here's a good one. I like this one. Patrick bird says, which format do you prefer the draft Ooh, or ones versus ones? That's easy for me, but go ahead. No, go ahead, Vince.
1: Yeah. my It's draft. I, I think I, I love the draft. I, I thought it was cool. I think it adds an element to it. Uh, when you do one v ones, you've got the weird scoring system, which I hate because you got to have a way for the defense to score. Which right? I actually kind of like that. I hate I, it. I hate yeah. it. I hate it. I don't like it. I like an actual football game.
2: It's and still when an you, actual football game. Yeah, it just, it's just you're doing different scoring. scoring. I don't like because this isn't an actual football game because you have one quarterback playing on both teams. Well, you have offensive linemen playing on, both but that wasn't teams. That, that's that, that wasn't realistic the, as realistic as that, that wasn't the idea going, for stopping a third down.
1: That wasn't the idea going into the draft though. Well, the
2: the offensive line thing was. They didn't have a choice there, right? Well, the same thing with it. the quarterback thing. Right. But no,
1: I I am a hundred percent for the draft. One v ones are fun. Don't get me wrong, but that's the same thing they've been doing all spring long. This right. spices it up a little bit,
2: right? For the for the kids and for me, right. So, uh, for me, my preference for me personally is ones versus ones. I I just I'm always that guy. <laughs> but if I was in the coach's shoes. And as a player, I like the draft because I kind of look at the spring game as a coach, as sort of, hey, look, we've been pushing you. We've been, we've been riding you. We've, we've had plenty of scrimmages where we've had, we've had competition every day. Let's end this having a little bit of fun. You know, let's let you take some ownership and do the draft. So looking at it from a, if I was Marcus Freeman, this is the way I would go. I would want to go. And I never thought about this before, Vince. This is a really cool idea. And I'm sure there's other teams that have done it. I think it's a really cool idea. Me personally, I do ones on ones. That's just how my, My my, you know, as an outsider, I want to see the the good on good because we haven't been able to see it all spring.
1: Yeah, right. But
2: inside the program, if I was on the opposite side and I was inside the program, I'd be all about this because this is this is a award for hey, y'all have worked your butts off this spring, we've battled, we've competed. Let's let's do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, and
1: and, uh, Coach McCullough said he's like I've never been a part of anything like this kind of a spring game before. I believe it was him. Um, and he, he's like, it was more business-like he goes, like, this is fun. This is competition. This is like, the guys are in on this. And like, right. you can tell that the coaches and the selection committee, you know, the seniors, they met about this. They had meetings right. about their draft strategy and how they wanted to go about it and all of these different things. I think it's awesome. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm all for the draft.
2: Yeah. I don't think there's a wrong answer. Yeah. I right. Just, you know, I agree I, with I, again, agree. I think if it's going to be, if it's going to be player centric, and this is going to be kind of a fun reward thing. Then I, I like the ideas of. I still like. I do like, however, the 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 points of because it's because like if, if it's about having fun, I still think that's because now the defense can kind of do things they never get. Like a sack now means more. You know, we just got two points, or you know, an interception means more. Uh, a ta- you know, stop on fourth down now means more. Like I think those are fun. The problem is you gotta you gotta schedule it. You gotta figure it out in a way that allows the defense to be competitive scoring wise, right? Like, I mean, that's the thing is like if you're getting a point for every tackle for loss, like okay, well, yeah, you can have a great game and have ten tackles for loss. That's not that's not two touchdowns, you know what right. I mean? Like, right, you've got to have some sort of system that that allows it to be competitive. But uh, you know, I, I I think the key at the end of the day, though, the thing that we both agree on is it. I think the blue gold game is the more important thing is not what makes, makes what Brian Driscoll prefers. <laughs> right. It's what's best for the kids. Right. And I think this right. is kind of that fun, that fun dang it When, when the whistle blows, they're competing. Absolutely. Right? This is going to be like touch football. They're going to be competing and battling, but there's ways to have fun leading up to that moment. And then even during the game to have some fun that you can make it uh, that you can make it competitive. So I, I, I I'm good either way. I really don't. Here's here's one I like, Vince. Pick an MVP. Oh my gosh, Jadarian Price for me. Who are you going with, Vince? It's
1: always somebody that you don't expect. It's going to be some random person. I'm. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Connor Radigan to catch the game winning touchdown. Okay. <laughs> Something completely random because that's who. That's Junior Jabby, right? Somebody talked about him winning the MVP once. Um, I can't remember. There were, there's been some
2: crazy MVPs. <laughs> Nate Montana. It's one I always bring up. There you go.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Audric Estime. I think Audric's gonna be super ticked off that he wasn't the that he wasn't the that he was like the third back taken. Look, I think that's gonna like tick him off and he's gonna just be like, okay. Tommy Reese was fired up when when they got
1: Jadarian Price. Logan first, right? Like that side of that they picked Logan first. Correct. And when they got Jadarian Price. That's the only person that Tommy Reese got out of his chair to high five uh, Mm -hmm. or to dap up, whatever you want to call it. And he had a a permanent smile on his face when uh, when Price was going. I mean, excuse me, when uh, Estime was heading back to his seat, like he's the only one he got out of his chair for. So like he is fired up to have Diggs and Estime in his backfield. I can say that right now.
2: Yeah, I I would be too. Yeah, I mean, but honestly, there's not a two man combination I wouldn't be excited about. Right. I mean, the other teams probably fired up because they're like, we got the two fastest dudes on offense are going to be in our backfield, right? right?" Absolutely. I just have a feeling that Audric is going to be a little bit ticked off about being picked third. I think it's great, and uh, that's going to be that's my prediction. That's my prediction. So well, we'll see if it we'll see if it pans out. Ninety nine problems, but BK ain't one. Is the Irish breakdown confidence Dante more waning or just normal? No, there ain't fan anxiety. It's definitely fan anxiety. I, <laughs> you know, like look, would I like would I have preferred for him to be committed already? Of course. You know, I, I, if if he doesn't commit, and we're getting towards the end of June, will I be a, a, maybe a little bit more concerned? Then sure. But no one still has been able to tell me who the number two team is. Right. And when I talk to sources after he visits Miami and after he, and they're all like, yeah, every school that, that he visits, they all come out of it saying we're chasing Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, look, here's the thing too, is we wanted him to commit in April. Right. Notre Dame wanted him to commit in April, <laughs> right. but Dante has been adamant with Notre Dame from the beginning. I want to take visits and right. they understand that. Now they hope that they could talk him into going public sooner and then still taking visits, but he right. doesn't want to do that. Dante, Dante's like, if I'm going to commit, then I'm, you know, publicly commit, then I'm going to be committed. You know, I respect that. I mean, and and that's the thing is like people were asking last night, like will Braylon James committing like cause Dante to go soon? Look, y'all don't understand. Dante has a plan. He's been sticking to that plan the whole time. We may not like it, but I respect him for it, right? Because it'd be very easy in this day and age to to commit to Notre Dame and kind of hold the spot and still go take the visits and still go do all that. But Dante's like, if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be committed to somebody, it's because I'm committed to somebody. Right. And I'm not gonna be going to take another visit. You know what? In this day and age of it's like y'all can't have it both ways, right? Like if Dante was committed and still visiting, then people are freaking had. out about oh, how yeah. he's visiting.
1: It's like Keon Keeley, right? Right. Like,
2: yeah. Right. Now Keon's been, I mean, and we hear the same thing. Bama, we talked to Bama source, talk to you know, Florida, and they all still say like the real sources are like, you know, we still feel like we're chasing Notre Dame, right? So you, you know, you say, well, I'd rather him commit and not take visits. Well, that the, this isn't no. your life, of course, is your life. This yeah. is his right, right? And so, um, you know, to me, I, I have no problem with what Dante's doing. It doesn't mean that I'm in love with it because, again, as a Notre Dame person, I'd rather him just kind of commit and not take visits. That's my what I want. But this, I'm not Dante's dad, I'm not Dante, I'm not his coach. He's got to do what he's best to do. But here's the reason why it's important if Notre Dame still lands him, he's done. You don't have to worry about it because he's already taken those visits. He's already taken his officials. You don't have to worry about some school convincing him to take an official visit in August or September, I mean September, October, November. He's already taken them. It's done. Right. So let let the process play out. The kids, the kid is out there trying to do what he thinks is best for him, and he has been upfront and honest with Notre Dame about his plans from day one and that's all that's all I can ask for he's a man of his word and he's exactly. sticking to his gun doesn't I, mean I, I love it but right I, right but to answer the question I, I have I have not lost any confidence in in where No Name stands with Dante Moore right as of right now no could that change in a month sure of course Right. But I'm, I'm, I'm not so like locked in, like I'm not like one of those political people that's like, this is my view. And I don't care how much evidence I have of the contrary. I'm going to hold my view because I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like evidence should always lead us to what we believe. Right? right. So if things change with Dante, I'll have a different opinion. But right. all the evidence I have at this point in time is that I have no reason to think anything other than he loves Notre Dame but he also wants to see other places and see what the world has to offer and experience certain things that he gets one chance to do. And does that mean that another school could end up winning him out, winning him over? Sure. That's part of life, right? I mean, you know, Notre Dame's got to have enough confidence in what they're doing that he's going to be on board and then keep adding guys, Right. right? So it makes your case stronger. Add Braylon James, get some other linemen, get some backs, get some other receivers and say, look, man, like, we're ready for this. Let's go. <laughs> you know I mean? You're the missing like, link. Let's go, yeah, man. Right. Yeah. It's like that scene from draft day. Like, you know, Hey, you're the, you know, th- this team's ready to roll. You're the guy, you know, like you're the guy, you know, we need you, you know? So um, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at on it. I'm, I'm, uh, but I, I promise you guys, if if I start to feel concerned about it, I'll tell you. And I did that on the message board with Cardinal Tate. I got, I was two weeks ago. I was really confident we're Notre Dame still, Cardinal Tate. I got new evidence, and now I'm like, he's not coming to Notre Dame, right? So my stance on Cardinal isn't because I'm a Notre Dame guy and I'm giving you the Notre Dame spin. I'm just being honest with what I get, gather intel from talking to Notre Dame people, talking to to Michigan people, talking to Florida people, talking to national people, talking to everybody. And they all say, every no matter – Ohio State people. I mean, I went to there mm. and, and heard the same thing. Ohio State people are like, yeah, we love Dante, but they started looking at other quarterbacks after he left the visit. Why? Because they're like, yeah, we're – we got no chance right right now right so with Cardinal it's different with Cardinal you hear one thing when talking to Notre Dame people and then you hear something completely different when you talk to Tennessee people never a good sign and that's not a good sign with Dante and Keon it's the exact opposite I mean and they've been honest I want to take visits I'm going to do this and that's all you can ask for guys and Notre Dame understands that and That's big boy football, folks. I mean, that's the reality. Bama gets commits and they visit other places all the time. All the time. Some of them they lose. Most of them they still get. If you want to recruit big boys with the big boys, you've got to understand this is part of the process. Yep. And embrace it and get used to it. It's nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. I get it. I completely understand, right? Yep. And my livelihood depends on these decisions, right? So I get the frustration. You're not wrong. But just know that I, you, you, BK, you not, ain't one. You'll you you won't have to ask me if my confidence wanes. I will have already told you. We'll have a show on it, or we'll, most likely we'll put it on the message board. Hey, here's what I'm hearing. Here's why I'm not as confident as I was, in whatever the case may be. Which we've done. We did it with Carnell. We've done it with other recruits that we thought, hey, Notre Dame's in a great place. Christian Gray, a few months ago, we thought Notre Dame was the leader. They were going to get him. Evidence changed. And we start saying, hey, we're not as sold that Notre Dame's going to be in on this one. Right? Mike Tease, didn't like where Notre Dame stood because of Oklahoma. Now we're giving you a different story because the evidence is now that this is the reality. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say besides that, Vince. It's like, I promise y'all, I'll tell you. If there's something to worry about, I'll tell you. I promise, and and we'll 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 get a good word on it. Last one, we have a super chat from our Mark Baskerville Vince. Let's do this one, and then we got to get out of here. All right, thanks, you gotta, you Mark. Class,
1: yeah, thanks, Mark. We really appreciate it. Was it just me, or did Mayor look huge walking up to the podium? What wide receiver, running back, tight end had will have the best day Saturday? It's not just you, Mark. <laughs>
2: That is a massive human yeah. being.
1: <laughs> I mean, t- from like the toes up, like right. I mean, just everything about him is massive. I mean, I, that I don't, I don't honestly don't even know how else to say it. Like standing next to him at the bowl game, and then seeing him today, he's just massive. I mean, right. he was massive then; he's massive now, and he just he's the tight end
2: version of Quentin Nelson. Yeah, he's just he's a just massive cute. human. He's just big. Yeah, I mean, he's just a big boy. Which, what? Well, I mean, I, I went with Audrick Estime as my MVP. True. I don't know if that means he's going to have the best day. I don't think Mayer will have the best day because I, I don't just think don't think know if he's going to play a play bunch. I
1: don't, yeah, and I think that's smart. Um, I think Jadarian Price is going to turn a lot of heads. Yeah. I, I, I think he's going to have a good day because they're going to feed him. He's a freshman. I think so. Feed him. Feed him and let's have some fun. Like I think, think Audrick and, yeah. S- and and Jadarian –
2: because, you know, Logan's been a little banged up this spring so or in winter, so I could maybe see him on a pitch count. Sure. And you know, uh, with Logan and with Logan and Tyree, I I, I know this sounds weird because Logan Diggs didn't even rush for 300 yards last year, but I know what Logan Diggs can do. I don't exactly. need to Absolutely. see him get 20 carries in the spring. game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. want him to come out of it healthy.
2: I I, I feel like I, I need I to think, see what Jadarian can do. I, I think Estime
1: and Jadarian are going to be the bell cows for their team, like yeah. each team. Yeah.
2: I don't know who will. I know who I hope. I hope that I hope that Deion Colsey has makes some plays. Yeah. He's a kid that I think needs to go into the summer with some confidence. I feel that about Audric. I feel that about Jadair. I think Audric, especially, because Audric's in that weird situation because he's considered behind Tyree and you know, perception-wise, sure. behind Tyree and Diggs. Oh, everybody wants to talk about how good Jadair and Price has been, rightfully so, because he has been. If Audric doesn't play well in the game, you know, maybe he goes home and starts having some people in his ear, you should transfer this place, that place, the other place, because you'd play more. I think if he ends the spring on a good note and plays well and gets his gets his, his yards and his touches. And he'd be like, hey, bump by that noise. I, I'm on a mission in Notre Dame. Yeah. And so I hope he ends on a strong note. I hope Dion ends on a strong note. So so guys like that, I hope that Jared Aaron Price plays well because you want to see those. It's again, it goes back to my theme of guys that we haven't seen. I, I don't need to see Lorenzo Styles catch a single pass on Saturday. <laughs> it's not going to change my opinion of him one bit, right? I don't care if he catches eight passes for 120 yards, because you know what? We already saw him do that against one of the best defenses in the country in a bowl game. I'm not worried about Lorenzo Styles, right? You know, Deion cozy Jane Thomas. I want to see what those guys can do because we just haven't seen them a whole lot. So that's that's my whole stance. But I'm I'm hoping that that you know we're talking about Colsey and and Janarian and Audric Estime after the game. That's what right. I'm hoping that we see. So Vince, that's gonna do it, man. Why don't you go ahead and take us out of here?
1: Well, oh, there's the bell. So I guess that means our time is up. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. And make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you share with your family and friends, whether you're listening on the YouTube channel or on our podcast. Uh, we would really appreciate that. So like, subscribe, hit the bell and hey, join us on the message board if you're not already there, because there's all kinds of fun information over there. And um I enjoy reading the message board. I can tell you that. So Vince is what we call a lurker. On the <laughs> message board. I am a lurker. I, I am a lurker. I'm always afraid I don't have anything good to share. So I just like to read what everybody else says. All right. That's okay. But we're going to get out of here because it's passive period for me. So everyone have a wonderful day and we'll see you tomorrow on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.